put together something quickly. But this is a, uh, it's a very important topic and a very interesting topic that is really very, very relevant, very practical. Um, in last week's parsha, we read about the mitzvah of Micah, of making a fence around the roof, and the Torah says, <clears throat> Don't create a situation of danger for others. But in reality, there's a halacha that you're not supposed to create sakhana for yourself. The Torah says, the poskim say that a person has to beware of sakona, not to put himself in a situation of sakona, and therefore Chazal prohibited many things which could lead to some kind of sakona, for instance, mayim begulim, uh, water that's left exposed in those countries and those areas where there are poisonous snakes because they could drink in the water and leave a little bit of their poison in the in the water and many many other things there are actually um, there's a sector called Shira Saguf Bahanefish two volumes by Rubiskov Lerner which focuses completely on these areas of uh, of Sakana. Fantastic fantastic Svari. There is a Mahlika Saposkim whether these things which are um, <clears throat> which could lead to sakona are they also minatorah or are they only also midirabonan the specific things that Chazal enumerated the levushim one place says it's also minatorah and um, in another place says it's also dirabonan and these psukim that Chazal mentioned are only an asmachta an asmachta bialma and there are some poskim who make a distinction. If it's going to lead to a vade sakona, a certain where well, sakona with certainty, then it's also minatara. If it's only going to be a chashash, um, a concern, a sote, like the case of mayim megulim, exposed water that you don't know that a snake is going to drink from the water and leave over a present of his of his um, some poison, some toxin. So then that would only be also derabon. But the point is that um, is this is very, very common. Chazal say, Chamila Sakanta Mesu, that Sakona, danger, putting your life in danger, at risk, is even more severe than violating Isurim. And that's why, in, that's why we're Machmir by, by Sophic. Whenever there's a Sophic Sakona, uh, we have to be machmed because of this principle of chamira sakanta me'isur. So I'd like to try to discuss three different areas today. Each one really is a whole topic by itself, could be a whole shear by itself. I'm going to try to condense them. And, um, but one area is cutting down fruit trees. A second area is fish and meat, eating fish and meat together. And the third area is um, leaving unpeeled, leaving peeled, peeled eggs and onions and garlic overnight. We'll see if we can cover all three, all three of these topics. Um, and each one, as you realize, is very, very much Nogel Lamaisa. So let's start <clears throat> with cutting down fruit trees. I get this shaiva all the time. Right? A person buys a house, there's a fruit tree in the backyard, and the shaiva is, can they cut that? They don't want that fruit tree. And can they cut down that fruit tree? So, First of all, there is an Issa da Iraisa to cut a fruit tree. Not because of Sakona, 
But there's an issue because the Torah says when you have, you lay siege to a city and there are fruit trees around the city, lotashki seseitsa, you're not allowed to destroy the fruit trees. And uh, that's a love in the Torah. But it's only a fruit tree that produces fruit. If it's not producing anything, so then it's like an elan srach. Then it has a status like any other tree, which in which there is no isa to cut down an oak tree or an evergreen evergreen tree. It has to be a fruit tree. So it has to produce fruit. How much fruit does it have to produce? So the Gemara says that it's, if it's an olive tree, it has to be a quarter of a kav. It's produced seasonally. In other payris, it has to be a whole kav, which is approximately... 1.5 quarts. But if the tree is so old and dried out that it's hardly producing anything, any fruit, so then, uh, and it would be, it's a tremendous tircha to just keep it, keep it growing, so then you're allowed to cut it down because it doesn't have that status of an elon peros, of a, of a fruit tree. It's not producing, it's not producing enough. This is what we call baltashis. This is the Avera of Baltashis. The Chachomim said Baltashis, they extended it to other areas as well, of the being destructive for no reason, where there's no benefit. But the Issa de Eraisa, the Pasuk in the Torah of Baltashis, refers to cutting down, <coughs> cutting down a fruit tree. The Gemara in Bavakama says that <coughs> if the value of the wood is greater than the value of the fruit, Right? That, then you want to use this wood to, to make some furniture and it would be more valuable than the fruit that the tree produces, so then it's not going to be also to cut down that tree. You're doing it for a constructive purpose. Not, it's not destructive, it's constructive, because you're getting more benefit from the wood than you would get from, than you would get from the fruit. The Rambam writes that if the fruit tree is harming other trees, Right? It's, it's, causing, it's causing harm to other trees. It's mazik other trees. It's mazik um, your neighbor's field. So then you're allowed to cut it down as well because that's not destructive. The essence of the, of the Isser is lotashis, hashosa, being destructive. If there's a benefit in cutting it down, and a significant benefit, so then that's not being destructive. The rush is a very, very famous rush that the Taz Paskans Lahalocha. What happens if you're cutting down the fruit tree in your backyard because you want to add rooms onto the house? You want to you wanna build there, right? So you need the makam, you need the space. The fruit tree is taking up that space and you want to, you want to build there. So then the Rosh Paskins, that's beneficial. That's not considered to be hashchosa, uh, destructive. And many poskim agree with him on that. The Taz, the Chavez the Reb Yaakov Emdin, the Shulchan Harav. However, the Chavez qualifies this. Chavez says, <clears throat> it's only if you need the Mokim, you need the space, for something that's really important, something really significant, like you want to you build, build a house there, or you want to add on to the house. But if it's just because you want more space in the backyard, Right? That you should have, you should have more space for comfort purposes, um, the, um, but not to add on to the, not to add on to the, uh, to the house, a room to the house. So then the Chavez says the Rosh was not talking about that. That would be awesome, just to remove the fruit tree for that purpose. But if it's for living purposes, meaning that you want to add on a room to the house, that's when the Rosh said 
that it would be muta, but not if it's latil bi'alma, just for just for for comfort. There are others who argue on the rush. The Chuvas Beis Yaakov argues on the rush. <coughs> he says you're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree even if you need the space, um, because the only time you can cut it down is if the value of the wood of the tree is greater than the value of the fruit, because then you have benefit from the tree itself. But if it's an external benefit, um, the, the Beis Yaakov argues on the, argues on the rush, but most achronim, most achronim hold like this rush and the, and the taz against the, against the Beis Yaakov. So therefore, la halacha, if there's a need to extend the house, and the fruit tree is in the way, it would be, there would be muta, that's how the poskim, paskim, that it would be muta to remove, to remove the fruit tree. We'll talk a little later about how maybe there's an, a way of removing, removing it where you avoid any of the problems. However, in addition to the issa of cutting down the fruit tree, of Balkashis, Gemara and Baba Kama says that there's also a sakana, there's a danger in cutting down a fruit tree. And because the Gemara tells a story about Rab Hanina. Rab Hanina said, my son Shivchas um, died young, an untimely passing, because he cut down a fruit tree when it was still young and growing, growing fruit. So the Gemara says from there we see that there's an addition to the Isra of Baltashis there's also a sakana. That's a pretty serious, pretty serious matter. Um, that because, that besides the iser, there's also there's also a sakana, and we say chamira sakanta meisura. That sakana is even more serious, even more serious than an iser. This sakana is brought down in Shulchan Aruch, the Aruch Hashulchan, the Shulchan Aruch Harav, the Chachmasodan, the Kafachayim. All the major poskim bring down not just the Isra of cutting it down because of Baltashtis, but also that the, the Isra because of Sakona. And there is a very big Shaila in the poskim, in the Achronim. <coughs> Does the Sakona apply only where the Isra of Baltashtis applies? Or is there Sakona even when there is no Isra? Even if there wouldn't be an Isra, for instance, you're cutting it down because the wood is more valuable. You're cutting it down according to the rush because you're allowed to. There's no batashtis because of the because you need the mokum, you need the space. Um, maybe there's still sakana. Maybe the sakana applies under all circumstances across the board when you're cutting down, cutting down a fruit tree. And this is a big machlokes among the achrayim. The uh, Rev Yaakov Emdin says that um, even if there's no Issa Baltashchis, like in the case where the wood is more valuable than the fruit, there's still going to be an Issa of Sakona, of creating a Sakona for the person who is cutting it down. And he wants to bring a Raya from Reb Hanina, Reb Hanina's son, Shivchas, apparently was a, a, was a, a, a Tamachacham, and when he cut down the fruit tree, right, he knew that it was not a Baltashkis. He cut it down under circumstances where there would be no Issa of Baltashkis. And yet, there was a, there was a Sakona, and he, and he died an untimely passing because he had cut down the fruit tree. So Rabbi Yaakov Emden wants to say the Sakona is independent of the, 
Isur of Baltashkis. However, other poskim, other Achoinim, dis- disagree with that. <coughs> the Bimitsi and Rabbi Yaakov M. Uh, Ettlinger argues and he says, if there's no Isur Baltashkis, and for instance, in the, play, in the cases, the circumstances where you need the space, or the wood is more valuable, um, <coughs> there is this, there's not going to be Sakona. And the Hassam Seifer also holds that way. That he also argues on Rabbi Yaakov Emdin that um, if there is no um, if there is no baltashkis, there is no sakana. The, the case of Shivchas was why? So why did he have an untimely passing? Why did he die? Um, apparently, there was a sakana there because he made a mistake and he was he violated he actually violated baltashkis when he cut down when he cut down the fruit tree. Because there was, he thought that maybe it's not going to grow fruit, but in reality, <coughs> in reality, it was it was a fruit tree that had the that had the capability of growing fruit, and therefore, and therefore, there was a baltashchis and also also sakana. Therefore, the Hasam Soifa says that the only time you have to be very very sure before cutting down a fruit tree that. It doesn't, it's not going to yield fruit, it's not going to produce fruit, and therefore there won't be, even if you have a suffix about it, you should be machmir. You should be machmir not cutting it down. But the, if, if you're sure, you're, you're sure with a certainty that it's not going to uh, produce any fruit, so then there won't be a baltashkis and there also won't be, there won't be a sakonda. And therefore, in a case where you have a heter, Mitzat the Baltashkis, because you need the space to extend the house. You don't have to worry about the Sakon. However, the Chassam Sofer adds one thing. He says, if it's possible, if it's possible, uproot the tree with its roots and, and earth and transplant it. Plant it someplace else rather than, rather than cut it down. Plant it in a place where the tree can continue growing someplace else. It doesn't have to be in your on your uh, property. It could be someplace else. You know, some suggests that, in that, and that will avoid that will avoid any problems whatsoever. There's a, another situation where there's a toelis. There's a benefit that you're allowed to cut down a fruit tree, and this is the Chavis Yoyan mentions that. If let's say the fruit tree is blocking the light, the sunlight that's coming into your into your house, and you want to remove it because you you need that sunlight, otherwise it's very very dark in that area. So that's also considered to be a toelis. That's also a benefit, and there's no baltashkis, and therefore there wouldn't be a there wouldn't be sakona either. However. He says, the Chavizuria says, if you can just cut off the branches that are blocking the sunlight, rather than destroy the tree, rather than cut down the tree, that would be preferable, right? Because just cut the branches, and uh, according to most Boskim, just cutting the branches, especially in a case like this, where there's Toelis, there wouldn't be any Issa Baltashkis or, or Sakona. The um, Rabbi Yaakov Emdin says, Oh. <laughs> Rabbi Yaakov Emdin said, write it down, write down any of your questions, okay? Write it down. Um, Rabbi Yaakov Emdin says that um, in, under any circumstances, you'd be allowed to uproot the tree with its roots 
and plant it someplace else. That's not called destroying the tree because you're, re you're replanting it someplace else. Obviously, you don't know how to do that yourself, right? You have to get your gardener and you tell your gardener, could, can you uproot the tree and plant it, transplant it someplace else? And the, um, then, so the Rabbi Yaakov Enin says, you can do that even lechatchila. Chasam Saifa is reluctant to use that lechatchila only if it's in combination of a, that you need the space, there's a, there's a good reason why you want to, um, why you want to um, uproot the tree. There are a number of other very interesting shaylas that are nogeya to um, cutting, down, cutting down fruit trees. Um, is the Issa only if you cut it down yourself? What happens if you have a guy cut it down? You hire a guy, your gardener, and you tell the guy to cut down the fruit tree. Is there an Issa of Al-Pashris in a case like that? And is there Sakonda if the guy is cutting it down? So the, um, the Tuv Tambadas, Rishlin Mekluga, says that there's, there's no sakana, there's no isin, there's no sakana, because there's no shlichus by a guy, right? A guy can't be your agent. So even if you tell him to do it, it's not like you're doing it, and therefore there's no isa and there is no, uh, and there is no, there is no sakana. The Eirech Shai, however, says that mid uh, there's there can be a shlichus. Yes, shlichus liakum lechumra. You have a principle that although min ha a goy cannot be an agent for a Jew, but midrabonan l'chumra, right, for sin to be stringent, we say that there's going to be shlichas. That's one of the reasons why mirali yachum is also on Shabbos, right? You can't tell a goy to, to do malacha for you on Shabbos because one of the reasons is yeshlichos liyakum, yeshlichos liyakum l'chumra. And uh, there are some other Achrayim who also say that um, you can't tell a guy, you can't just tell the gardener, cut down the fruit tree, the, um, along with the Ereshai, the Reinoyam, and the Avne, etc. And therefore, many Achrayim give an Eitzah. They, they propose the following. If you have to cut down, you have to cut down the tree. Right? And there are, there's a Shaila, whether it's Mutam, maybe it's about Hashis, maybe there's going to be Sakonda. So many Ahrenims say, I mean, this is brought down in the Dark Tshuva. Dark Tshuva has pages and pages on these, on these halachis. He says, sell the tree to the guy. Let him make a kinyan on it, a kinyan kesef, kinyan shtar, and, and let the guy cut it down. Now it's his tree, it's not your tree anymore. And therefore, when he's cutting it down, he's doing a daita denashe, he's doing it for himself, and he can do it, he can cut it down and use it, he can transplant it if he wants, he can just cut it down and use it in any way, in any way that he, that he wants. And, the, um, and another reason for doing this is based on Rabbi Yaakov Emden that we mentioned before. The Rabbi Yaakov Emden says that uh, even if there's no baltashris, right, there's still going to be sakon. Sakon is independent of the baltashris and therefore the best Eitzah is sell the tree to the guy, right? Yeah. He only has to let him pay you a dollar, that's all, right? You can even give him the dollar as a gift. And he'll, and he'll buy the tree, he's kind of with Kesef, and maybe he'll have another, another Kenyan as well, and, uh, and then you can tell him, you know, you can uproot, uproot the tree with the roots and transplant it. So in that way, it's not your tree, 
and you're also telling him to transplant it and uh, someplace else. So in that way, in that way, you're avoiding the the baltashchis and also and also the sakon. Another very interesting shaila is what about is the isa only cutting down the tree itself, destroying the tree? Losashchis is eitzo, right? What about destroying the branches of the tree? If you cut, if you're pruning the tree so that it grows better, that's not destroying it. There's no isa in doing that. But what about stam cutting cutting the branches? Of the tree where you don't have where there where you don't have a benefit a benefit in cutting those branches. So the the Beis Yaakov and the Mishnah Melachol that there is no iser in cutting branches. Right, the iser is cutting down the tree, destroying destroying the tree. Then that's hashkasa. And the Mari um, Bason and the Beis Yitzchakol that there is an iser. In cutting, in cutting the branches, you're going to be over on baltashchis unless there are the um, extenuating circumstances where it would be where it would be mutter. The Hartzvi has a has an interesting shaila. The um, he was asked the Ratzipesa uh, Frank was asked, can you cut the branches of a fruit tree to use a fischach on the sukkah? So you're using it with sorech mitzvah. On the sukkah. You don't have any other schach. And uh, he permitted it. He was mate for two reasons. Number one, he said it's the tzorech mitzvah. And um, there he brings many poskim who say that cutting down the tree with tzorech mitzvah, that's a toyelis, that's a benefit. There's no baltashchis on that. And uh, it's not worse than if you'll get a greater benefit from the wood than from the fruit. Over here, you're getting a benefit from the tree with tzorech and secondly, you're not cutting down the whole tree. You're only cutting the branches of the tree. And he says you can rely on the Mishnah Melech that cutting branches alone is not considered to be about Tashkis because the tree is still still growing. You're just cutting off the branches of the of the tree. However, Ratsi Pesach Frank says you always have to be concerned about that Reb Yaakov Emdin, the Sakon. Hamira Sakanta Mesu. And Rabbi Yaakov Emdin said that even if there's no Baltashis, there still may be a Sakona. Um, so even if it would be Muta to cut the tree or the branches of the tree, there still might be a Hashash of Sakona. And therefore, therefore he said that he, what he suggested, Rabbi Frank, to have a guy cut down, cut the branches of the tree. And tell the guy that befeilish. Tell him specifically that um, I don't want you to be my agent. You're not doing it as my agent. If you're doing it, you're doing it on your own, and you're not my you're not my shliach. So he's not considered to be his shliach, even though he requested from the from the guy that he cut the branches of the tree. As we've seen before, others would say that you could sell him, sell him, but at least those branches of the tree. And then he's cutting down his own his own uh, branches. Another interesting shaila is since the isur is cutting a fruit tree, so um, so what happens if it's during the first three years when the fruit is orla? Orla is also bahano. Right, you can't have any benefit from the fruit that grows the first three years. So the um, so Rishua Leib Diskin says that the uh, even though the fruit 
uh, he says, since the fruit is osur during those three years, even though from the fourth year on, it's going to be muta. So surely Diskin said, that's not considered to be fruit that you could benefit from, and therefore it's not called a fruit tree. And so he held that you can cut it during the first three during the first three years, and the Hatsvi argues on that, and he says, okay, it's still a fruit tree. Now you can't eat the fruit because of the Isur of Arla. But afterwards, the fruit is going to be, is going to be muta, and uh, therefore there's going to be an Isur of, an Isur of Baal Tashtis. Another interesting um, Shaila is, the Erech Shai talks about uh, trees that has, haven't produced any fruit yet. Any fruit yet, um, even let's say it's uh, past the years of Orla, right? But they haven't produced. I, I have on my front lawn, I have an astro tree that's growing on the front lawn. My son planted it about 25 years ago. It did not produce fruit for about 18 years. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And today, today, I have I have about 40 astrogen growing on the tree. I'm not selling them. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not exactly mahudarim. They're taimonish esrogim, beautiful, but they're not perfectly clean. So the uh, but uh, I have a football, a football esrogim this size, literally, and uh, but it didn't produce. It didn't produce any fruit for many many years. So the the erechai erechai says that um, it's it's only a, a tree that you know is not going to produce fruit. It is very old. And it's dying, it's dried out, it's not going to produce any more fruit. But a tree which hasn't produced fruit yet, um, but can produce fruit, uh, fruit in, in the future, is going, to be, is going to be also. What happens if the fruit is very bitter or very, or very sour fruit? That's, um, it's still, the poskim say, that's still considered to be a fruit tree, and you're not allowed to cut it down. Uh, there might be certain ways you can add sugar to it and, and then sweeten it up, but uh, it is fruit. It's, it's edible, but even though it's very, it's bitter or sour. And, um, but a fruit tree, and this, I've, this my neighbor actually from, uh, from across the street asked me a few years ago. He had a fruit tree, but the fruit, it was attracting flies and flies and, and, and all kinds of insects. And it was it was causing tsar. It was causing them tsar in the in the backyard, because even though it had fruit, but it was causing a lot more tsar than the benefit from the benefit from the fruit. And um, so, in a case like that, if you can cut off the branches, right, to get rid of the flies, that's that would be preferable. If the only way would be to um, to cut cut down the tree. Because of the tsar that is causing you, there's a toelis, there's a benefit in that, and then you could, you could do that. There's also sometimes you have a tree where the fruit is falling, falls off the tree, and it just, and the fruit smashes on the ground, and it just creates a, a big mess, a lot of dirt on, on the ground. And, uh, and that causes tsar, because it's attracting insects, and it just, uh, it, it just uh, causes, causes tsar. So, that would be. A similar situation where you have a where you have a toelis. However, the Neta Soire says if you have a fruit, you have a tree where the fruit is wormy, has worms in it, has toiloim, and he says that um, 
that you can't eat that fruit. However, you, you're not allowed to cut down the tree because you could, it's possible either to check it and remove the worms if that's possible, or um, to make it into some kind of juice, to squeeze out the juice in a way where there's, there's no iser. And, uh, and therefore he says that that is going to be uh, a problem of, of a Baal So these are some of the halachis concerning cutting down, cutting down fruit trees. And it comes up very often when a per- person buys a house and uh, he's not planting the fruit tree, but it comes along with a lemon tree, it comes along with a plum tree, and, uh, and then he has a shayla, what to do with it, because it's smack in the middle of his backyard, right? And he wants to set up some swings there. And so all of these, it's, these shaylas are very, very nogea for the death. Let's go over to the, to the second topic, and that is um, fish, eating fish and meat. That's a Gemara im Sochim, Dafayin Vav. Where the Gemara says <coughs> that Ahi Binisa, Binisa was a certain type of fish that was roasted together with meat. So Rovami Parzika said, You're not allowed, you're not allowed to eat it. Or Marvaravashiel actually said that you're not allowed to eat it um, because they were roasted together and they absorbed tam from each other. And um, because it's Kosha Ludova Achir. Which Rashi explains is saras, some kind of form of leprosy, and others explain that it's there's some kind of sakana to your health, some kind of sakana. It's not something that you we necessarily see that's necessarily obvious that can be, but there could be. It could be that there's a meal. There's a chance, even if it's a chance. Hasam Saifa says, even if it's a chance, one chance in a thousand. As I'll say that there's a sakona there, and even though we don't we don't see that sakona, but it is going to be it's going to be usur to have to eat fish and meat fish and meat together, and this is brought down both in Yoridea and in and in Orechayim that there's a sakona bossa vidogim is is sakona, and um, and that's how the, the Shulchan Aruch paskins that. And especially since the sakana chamira sakanta meisur, we'll see how this applies specifically in the in the case of uh, of fish of fish and meat. The problem is the Rambam doesn't bring it down. The Rambam does not mention this at all, and therefore there's a Mokin Avraham. The Mokin Avraham says, "Why is it that the Rambam didn't bring it down?" Mokin Avraham suggests. It could be that Bismana there today there is no sakona. Today there's no sakona. Nishtane hateva. We have a principle that's applied in certain areas of halacha that our nature has changed, and therefore what might have been a sakona in the time of Chazal might not be a sakona today. There are certain cases Chazal talk about a ruach ro, and a harmful spirit, and uh, that maybe and. And, and some of the Rishayim say by a certain Ruach Roy, it applied in the time of Chazal, but it doesn't apply, it doesn't apply today. So it, the Mogen Avram says that uh, it could be the Rambam left it out because the Rambam held that this halacha doesn't apply today because there is no, there's no Sakona today. Nishtaneh, Nishtaneh HaTeva. 
And the, um, but the Chassam Sefer, that's the Mogin Avraham. The, um, just try, but the Shulchan Aruch does bring it down in two places. Shulchan Aruch brings it down in the Rechaim and also in Yeridea Simen Kuf Tezai. But the Chassam Sefer in the Tshuva explains the reason why the Rambam left it out uh, in two ways. One way he says is that the Rambam, possibly, the Rambam held it only applies to this particular fish, the Binisa. It was a, a certain fish, and that was also to eat with meat. But it wouldn't apply to wouldn't apply to other fish. There wouldn't be sakana by other fish. And this fish, binisa, is not common. It's not prevalent among us. That might be one reason that the Hassam Sofit suggests for the Rambam. Second reason he suggests is that <clears throat> the Rambam, who was a doctor and who was a tremendous, tremendous chacham, and he understood, he understood health, he understood, um, he understood biology and, uh, and refuah, that, that the Rambam saw that nishtane hateva, and, and therefore the Rambam left it out because there is no, there's no sakon, similar to what the Moginat Ram said. However, the Chassam Seifer qualifies this. The Chassam Seifer says that even though there's no sakon, there might not be sakonah, according to the Rambam, but the, the Chassam Seifer says it's still also for us to eat. Not because of the Sakona, but because there's a, there's a cloud in Halacha that when Chazal prohibits something, when they prohibit something, even if the reason for their Gezeva, the reason for the Isra is no longer, no longer exists, the Isra still exists until you have another Bezdin that comes along and the Bezdin cancels that, cancels that Isra. So the Hassam Soita suggests that the Isra, even though there might not be Sakona today according to the Rambam, but the Isra remains. And um, <clears throat> so you don't have, according to the Rambam at least, you don't have the Sakona aspect, but there would still be, there would still be an Isra. And therefore, therefore, it, it, it it lessens the severity of the Isr. It's Osr, but since there's no dimension of Sakona, we're not going to say Hamira Sakanto Isura in a case like this, says the, says the Chassam Seifen, as we'll see. There's a whole question that we'll discuss in, in shortly about uh, if fish falls into a pot of meat, into a pot of, in, into a cholent. So some fish falls in. Is it bottle Bishishim? Or I feel of the elef low bottom. Is a bottle bishishim like other isurim, like if some milk fills a, a little drop of milk falls into a trolley, right? Bottle bishishim, but or possibly by fish and meat, if there would be sakona, right? So then a filo be elef, even it would not be bottle even a thousand times to one. So the Chassam Sefer says, if you once you remove the sakona aspect of fish and meat, according to the Rambam. So then you don't have the Hamira Sakanta Meisura, and therefore maybe it's like any other Issa that it would be bottled Bishisha. We'll come back to that shortly. However, even though <coughs> the Rambam left it out, and the Morgan Avram says, explains the Rambam, <coughs> because the Rambam held there's no longer <coughs> Sakona today, but the Shuz Yaakov and many, many Akhrainim say not to rely on this Morgan Avram, because there is still a there is still a sakona, 
and whether it's uh, whether it's it's bossa behema from an animal or it's bossa of to eat it together with fish is going to be also, and that's the majority opinion among <coughs> the Achreinim, the Divrei Malkiel, the Maram, Maram Shik. And therefore, this has tremendous ramifications, as we all, as we all realize. You know, you go to a Kiddush on Shabbos morning, and they're serving a filter fish, and, also they're, and there's also meat. You can't use the same plate or the same utensils, right, for the fish and the, for the, fish and the meat. And when they're serving it, they have to make sure that there's a, se- there's a separation. Um, this has, an, um, has ramifications in terms of a grill, of a barbecue, if you want to use the same grill for meat and for, and for fish, because what's, you're not cleaning off the grill, you know, right? It's, it's going to be, you're going to have some the end, you're going to have some amoshes, something tangible left there. So then, if, if you're not cleaning in between using the grill, for, um, for meat and for fish, so then there's going to be contact between them, and there's going to be this issa of, this issa of sakon. And that basically is the way the postkin, the postkin hope that we, that we hope today that there is, that there is sakona, even though the Rambam and the Mogin Avram and the Hassan Saif are trying to explain the, the Rambam as well, even though they say that uh, the Nishtana Hateva, and there's no longer a sakona, but the, the majority of poskim say that there is a sakona, and one has to be very careful. One has to be very careful about that. So, <clears throat> um, so if you're cooking them together and there's they're touching each other, right? So then um, you can't. You can't eat either the fish or the meat. Of course, to eat them together, right, on the same plate when you're eating it together, <clears throat> you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to do that. But even if they were cooked or they were roasted together, that's going to be osur as long as the tam, the taste of one, goes into the goes into the other. Even if the taste that is being transferred through steam, through zaya, that's also going to be also going to be osur. There is a question in the post scheme. <clears throat> what happens if the, there's no transfer of taste, but there is a transfer of reach, of the of the odor, of the smell, but it's not it's not actual taste. Taste would be if they are touching each other, or there's a steam, there's a steam, a zaya that's being absorbed from the meat into the fish, or vice versa. If they're certainly if they're cooked in the same in the same pot, but what happens if they're being <coughs> roasted, right? They're being roasted and there's no liquid there, so there's no steam, but there's going to be, they're roasted in the same oven at the same time, and uh, there's going to be a reach. So the remark, uh, the remark held that uh, one, <coughs> one should not roast fish and meat together because of reach, even if they're not touching each other, but Bidyevid it's not also. Bidyevid we say that Rechalab Milsa, the Rayak is not considered to be anything significant, and therefore it's not going to be also. Steam, however, is significant. But Rayak, the Ramah says, is not significant. And the Shach <coughs> disagrees with that. The Shach says he brings a Beersheva who holds that Rayach 
is going to be also even the Dieved, even though as far as Isurim, as far as Isurim, Bosa and Cholov, we say that Reicha lav milsa b'dieved, and it doesn't it doesn't make make it also. If you let's say you'll have the reyach from bosa and 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 milchiks, there's, a, there's only a reyach, no steam. B'dieved it won't be also. But when we deal with sakona, chamira sakanto mehisu, the shach says, and therefore that's going to be that's going to be also. So it's a machlokes between the remor and the shach. If you only have if you only have reyach and not and not a steel. that's one that's one shayla. Second shayla that I mentioned before is bittel uh, bishishin. I remember once hearing years ago there was a shayla in a certain yeshiva that um, they uh, some fish fell into the chowder pot. Fish fell on a piece of a piece of fish fell into the chalent pot has meat, right? The potatoes in the chalent, if you'd only take out the potatoes, they're fleshic. Those potatoes are fleshic. You wouldn't be allowed to eat those potatoes together with meat. So is fish, if it falls into a pot of meat, is a bottle bishishim, like by Adri Surim, or do we say it's not bottle bishishim? Because um, it's a feel of the elephant bottle because Hamira, Sakanta, Nesur, Sakana is more common, is more severe than, than even Isurim. This is a machlaik, it's between the Taz and the Shach. The Taz is Machmir and he says it's not bottle Bishishim because Hamira, Sakanta, Nesura. And, um, and he brings Oraya, brings Oraya from Mayim um, Megulim, from the water that's left exposed in areas where there are poisonous snakes. That the uh, we're not allowed to drink that water because maybe overnight a snake came and and uh, wanted to drink was a little thirsty wanted to drink some water and left behind a little bit a, a, a drop of poison in the water. So even if it's a tremendous amount of water, you're not allowed to drink that water. So you see that there's no bittle there's no bittle when it comes to when it comes to sakon because. We're so chayshish, we're so concerned about, about Sakona. The Shach, however, disagrees, and he says that there is going to be bittel if some, if some fish is bottle bishishim, um, because if there's no taste, bottle bishishim means that you're not going to have the taste of the fish going into the meat. And therefore, if there's no taste, there's, no, there's not going to be Sakona. And we don't apply Hamira Sakanta Misura over here because that, that we apply when there's a suffix, whether it's a Sakana or not. Hamira Sakanta Misura, you're Machmir on the suffix. But over here, there is no Sakana. Because if there's no taste, because the taste was bottled Bishishim, so there's no Sakana. And as far as the, the case of Mayim Nigulim, that's very, very different because over there, the poison itself, that poison is a Sakana. You don't have to create the sakon. The poison itself is the sakon. And so there, in a case like that, where it's going into the water, even if it's a lot of water, So this is a machlaikis between the taz and the shach. Who do we paskin like? Most poskin paskin like the shach, that it's bottle, bottle, bishishim, pichodesh, chasam seifer, chachmasodom, dorech hashulchan. And therefore, there's a very interesting um, consequence from this. There's something called, there's a source called Worcester sauce. 
Worcester sauce has anchovies in it. The anchovies are less than one in 60 in the Worcester sauce. It's like 0.1, it's 1%. So 1% or, uh, but less than it's bottle bishishim in the Worcester sauce. People use Worcester sauce on meat. They put it on meat, but there's fish in there. So the OU, the OU gives a hechsher on Worcester sauce, even though they know that people are going to use it on meat. So why? Because basically, since we paskin, well, most paskin hold like the shach, that is bottle bishishin. So that fish, the, the, the taste of the anchovies, is bottle bishishin in the Worcester sauce, and therefore there's not going to be a sakha. If, however, like the tats, that a filo be'elef low bottle, it wouldn't be bottled even in a thousand, so then Worcester sauce would be also, because you can't say that it's, that it's bottle bishishin. So this is a, a practical nafgamina that comes out from, from this, uh, this makhluk. Another very important shayla is um, can you cook fish in a, in a meat pot, in a fleshika pot? Do you have to have a separate fish pot? Remember when I first got married, so I had a very good relationship with my mother-in-law. We never argued, except over one thing, right? The, um, she said, you must have a fish pot, a special pot that's designated for fish. And I, we weren't using We weren't using a fish pot. We used a regular pot that you cook chicken soup in. So you clean out the pot, and you can cook uh, your filter fish in that, in that pot. Because even though it has the tamabosa absorbed in it, in the walls of the pot, and that tamabosa will come out, the question is whether platas kalim, is there sakona, when the, te- when the taste of meat is coming from the walls of the pot, not coming from the, the meat itself into the fish, but it was absorbed into the walls of the pot. Nafkamina is, do you need a special designated fish pot to cook fish, or can you cook fish in a, in a fleshika in a fleshika pot? So there's a taz in Simin Sadihei in Yeridea, where the taz brings an isabeheta, there is no sakona from the taste that was absorbed in the walls of the pot. Something has changed, something has happened when it's absorbed in the walls of the pot. Now then the taste of meat comes out into the, into the fish. There is no, there is no sakona. There's a raya from a, a certain halacha that there is no, there's no sakona. So according to the taz, it's not a problem using a fleshika pot to cook to cook fish, and this is the way Rabbi Kivega, the Chochma Sodom, and the Pisfei Tshuva all hold, all hold like this, like this task. But there are some poskim who hold that there is a Sakona from Pleitas Kalim, from the, from the taste that's absorbed in the walls of the pot, whether it's the taste of meat into fish, or the taste of fish into, into meat. And, uh, and it seems on the tour, the tour says that Yesh Machmir, the Torah brings down Yesh Machmirim, he was quoting my mother-in-law, I guess, um, that to designate a special pot, a special pot for, uh, for fish. But Minog Ha'olam, I think the prevalent Minog in the Minog Ha'olam is to be maple, to, to use a, even a fleshed pot to cook fish, even, even L'Chathchila, and even if it's a Ben Yomo pot, then use it the same day to cook to cook meat, 
but you just have to make sure it's clean. It's clean, that it doesn't have any be'en. Because if it has any be'en, it has any mamoshes, something tangible, from the meat. So then that's going to be a problem of, of sakona. But once it's cleaned out, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, a, um, it shouldn't be a problem. The, um, <clears throat> there is, however, an interesting darki tshuva that qualifies this. If, you're, if you have, let's say, a, a meat pot, a meat pot, and you're cooking onions in that pot. Onions are a dover kharif. You're cooking onions in that pot. A dover kharif pulls out a, a lot of taste. It's strong, it pulls out. If you cut an onion with a fleshic knife, the onion becomes fleshic, right? And even if the knife is an eno benyoma, it wasn't used in 24 hours, but the dukkut, the sakina, and the, the fact that the onion is a dover so it pulls out a tam chazak, a strong taste. So the darki tshuva brings poskim that in a case like that, where it's um, a dover chorif pulling out the taste from the kli, then, then, then and to take that dover chorif, take those onions, and you want to cook them together with fish. You know, when people make fish, right? They make a filter fish, so very often they put onions in the pot with the filter fish, or salmon. Or they put onions in there. So Dr. Truva says a very big chiddish, and a lot of people are not aware of that uh, if you're going to co- cut those onions, cut those onions with a fleshic knife, those onions will become fleshic, right? And there will be a sakona cooking them together with together with fish because there's there's so much of a an intense taste that was pulled out by the by the it's a very, it's a big chiddish that the darkei that the darkei tshuva says. There, there is as a result of these halachas. There's a very, very big problem in restaurants, and this is one the hashlochis have to be very, very aware of this and very careful about this. There are restaurants that use the same grill, same grill for meat and for fish, right? And they're not cleaning it off in between because things are, are moving so fast, so quickly. So, so there, is a, there is a problem. If they would clean it off, it's not a problem. That there's no the end. Then it's only a matter of plate escape, of the taste of the meat that's coming out of the grill on, into the fish. And that's, that is, that's going to be mutter. But if they're not cleaning it, or if you have a barbecue at home, and sometimes you grill meat, and sometimes you grill fish on it, Right? So without cleaning it off in between, that's going to be, that's going to be, a, that's going to be a problem. Um, there, there's, also, there's also a problem in terms of um, sometimes they, when they make um, um, in the rest of French fries. They make French fries and they use the same oil, the same oil in the restaurant that they use for, um, for, um, for what? Fried fish. Yeah, fried fish. And they're using the same oil that's used for meat, right? That's used for meat. And, um, and then they make French fries in that same oil. So that oil now has absorbed the taste of meat in it, coming directly from the meat. And then that taste of meat goes into the French fries. And if they're going to serve those French fries together with fish, right? So that's going to be a problem because even though the, the potatoes of the French fries are parov, but now they've absorbed, 
right? They've absorbed the taste of meat from the, from the oil. And that, that's going to be a, um, a, a, a sakana of eating fish and meat, fish and meat together. So we have this shayla, fish and meat, that especially comes up by a kiddish, right? And, and Friday night, Friday night, right? You have gefilte fish, and then you're going to have, you're going to have chicken soup and, uh, and chicken or meat, right? So, so the halacha is not only if you're, if you're eating them together, but the, the Ramah says that uh, the Mechadah, so the Mechadah says that between, so first you're eating fish and then meat, or vice versa, right? Between the fish and the meat, you have to do certain things so that they're not going to be together in your mouth. One, first of all, you have to do what Mechadah says, wash your hands. That's called Mayim and Tsoyim. We know Mayim Bishonim, Mayim Achronim, and there's Mechadah says, there's also Mayim and Tsoyim, right? In the middle, after you eat fish, so you wash, you wash your hands, and then you eat some challah, eat some bread, and you wash out your mouth by, by taking a drink, and in this way, you're going to avoid the sakana because then, then we assume that there's not going to be any fish left in your mouth to mix with the meat that you're going to eat afterwards. The, um, according to the Mechavah, you actually are washing out, you're washing out your mouth. The Ramah says, our minhog is fashkenazim, not to wash out the mouth, not to wash the hands in between, but we do eat something and drink something in between. Right? It's an excuse for having a schnapps. Right? The minog has become, right? You bring some schnapps, right? You bring some schnapps to the table and you uh, and you drink it to wash sort of wash down wash down any fish that's left that's left in the mouth. And uh, and this is brought down by the Polskin that it's uh, Showing Mitsuyonim Bahalofa that Yesh Noagim Listos Yayin Sara to drink shafts between the uh, dogim and the bosa. He even he said he says not to drink water and not to drink soda. He says soda and water you shouldn't do that. You should drink dafka, dafka, dafka schnapps. But many people, they, as long as you have some kind of a drink between the fish, the fish and the meat, so that accomplishes the purpose. Um, of hadocha, of washing down the washing down the fish, so um, so that you're not eating them together. And that seems to be the minog olam today. So the um, and that's why, if you'll notice, when when you set the table Friday night, there are two forks there, right? There's one, a larger, a longer fork, and a and a, and a smaller fork. Why two forks? Right? It's based on halacha. The smaller fork is for the fish, and the larger fork is for the meat that you're going to eat afterwards. Because you can't use the same fork or the same uh, or the same plate for both fish and meat because we're afraid that there's a be'en on it. Unless you wash it off, wash it off. There's no be'en. There's no mamoshes. That that won't be a problem. But otherwise, there's going to be it's going to be a problem, and therefore. Two forks about um, um, one for the fish and one for the meat. And especially this comes up by a kiddish. There are people, I've seen people that they go to a kiddish and have a plate and you want to fill up your plate, right, with food and, um, and put everything on the same plate. 
So they, they take some, they put fish on the plate and they put uh, and some meat that they have chopped liver or they have some cold cuts and they'll put it on, they'll put it on the same plate or the cholent, they'll put the cholent there. And uh, so that is a, that's a problem because then the, uh, the fish and the meat are coming in contact with each other. There's going to be a transfer and therefore uh, a sakono. And as I said before, even if you're only taking potatoes out of the chocolate, the potatoes have absorbed the taste of the meat from the, from the meat that's cooked in the chocolate. And therefore, those potatoes are fleshy. And those potatoes together, if you eat them together with the, with the fish, is going to be chamira sakanta meisu. Let's try to just to, to cover just a few brief minutes um, to cover the the third area of um, which is um, peeled onions, garlic, and uh, and eggs. Gemara nido. If these things, these peeled things, are left overnight. The Gemara says, Doma Barosha, there's a certain sakona. We don't know what the sakona is. Chazal said there's a certain, there's a certain sakona. The Klosenberger Rebbe was very, very machu on these things. Klosenberger Rebbe, the, the old Klosen, the Alta Klosenberger Rebbe was very machu on these things. He said it could be, could very well be that many of the illnesses that we see today is because people are not machbid on these things. That Chazal said, Chazal were able to see that there's a certain sakona even though medically we don't see the sakona, but they, they saw there's a sakona, and, and, they, and they saw that the, the chokhmoson, and the ruach ha-kodesh that they had, that the, this sakona can lead to certain, to certain illnesses. And the Gemara Nida says that you're putting yourself in, in danger. It's a sakona, some kind of ruach, some kind of ruach roa. And even though, if it's peeled, a peeled day, a peeled onion, which many people do, and you peel the onion and you chop up the onion, even if you put it in a plastic bag and seal the bag, it's still, still a sakona. Leaving it in the refrigerator does not help, right? It's still a sakona of this, of this type of ruach, ruach ruach. It's only though if there's, it's completely, the shell of the egg is completely removed, a hard-boiled egg, let's say, remove the shell and leave the egg overnight, so then there's going to be a sakona, or the onions if the shell is removed, and also the little hairs. If you left, you leave some of the little hairs at the, on the top of the onion, so then that somehow removes the, removes the, uh, the sakona. This Gemara, however, the big problem with this is that it's not, this halacha is not brought down in Shulchan Aruch it's not brought down in the Tur, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Shach, in the Taz. And there are some Polskim who say, it's not, therefore it's not Lahalocha, that we don't Paskin this way. But many Gedoli HaPolskim bring it. They bring it Lahalocha, the Pichodosh, Shulchan Aruch HaRav, Aruch HaShulchan, Reb Moshe Feinstein has a whole truth about this that we'll talk about in shortly. Reb Chaim Kinevsky says that his father, the Steitler, was Machmi, the Klosenberger Rebbe, was very, very Machmir about this, and he wrote many, many chuvis about this. Why was left out of Shulchan Aruch? There's a whole discussion. That's not for now. Why was it left out of Shulchan Aruch? But the, the, we see that there's a, almost a consensus of opinion among the Polskim 
that there is a that there's an issa of 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 eating these peeled the peeled onions, uh, eggs, and garlic um, because of because of sakona. And the, uh, the Klosenberger Rebbe writes in his Chuvin, no mokam lohokim. There's no room to be made because of sakona. Maybe some of our illnesses nowadays comes. And he was machma with powdered eggs. You know, in many bakeries, they, they use powdered, powdered eggs. And he said powdered eggs, Klosenberger Rebbe says, is a problem because they're peeled eggs. They're left overnight in sealed in cans, but that doesn't matter. It's, there's going to be a sakona, and as a result of that, many, many chassidim are makbid on, on powdered on powder days. So uh, I once did hashkoche in a hotel uh, for Pesach, and in the hotels, they need a tremendous number of eggs because they make scrambled eggs in the, uh, for breakfast, right? So what do they do? They, they crack the eggs the night before, right? The night before, they put them in buckets, and they leave it in the refrigerator, and the next morning they use it for a scrambled eggs. So that's uh, peeled eggs. Cracked eggs is, is like has no shell on it. And caterers do this, and um, making egg salad before, right? To make egg salad, the mesh up the eggs, peeled eggs, and, uh, and leaving it overnight. Frozen eggs, powdered eggs, leaving over onions, peeled onions. All of these are a, a shape. But there are some qualifications on this. One qualification is, Gemara says, if you leave some of the hairs at the end of the food or some of the peel, there's no sakon, right? So if you'll, you'll peel an egg, a hard-boiled egg, and you'll leave a little bit of the shell, right? You'll leave a little bit of the shell, no sakon. Whatever the reason is, we don't know. We don't understand this um, rationally, but, but that, is the, that is the halacha. Um, it, does this apply to raw or cooked? Does it apply this raw or cooked? And it's a machlekes about this as well. Yad Meir says the sakona is only on a cooked egg, not on raw eggs. It has to be cooked. The Bey Shlomo says it's only on raw eggs and raw onions, not cooked. So we have a machlekes. Some folks can say it's only raw, not cooked. Another folks can say it's only cooked and not, and not raw. What do you do in a case like that? So the, uh, we're dealing here with Sakana, Hamira Sakanta Misuri. We have a Sophic about this. So Rabelski, Rabelski ruled this way for the OU that you have to be machir both by raw and by, by raw and by cooked. However, there is a heta that the post can bring down, and these are heta in the, the uh, uh, Shmira Nefesh. He has a whole payrep, a whole chapter on this where he brings down some post scheme. And, um, and the, uh, the smak, ben ishchai, the kafachayim, that it only applies to eggs which are not mixed with other foods. If it's mixed with other foods, the eggs or the onions, there is no sakona. If you mix it with mayonnaise, you mix it with vegetables, um, and so then there is no sakona. And that's why the minog is when they crack eggs the night before, what do they do? Or they, or if they cut up onions, peeled onions, or they put some salt in it. They put some salt in it. And the, uh, and the salt, according to these postkin, then it's, it's not a problem because it's mixed with something, some other food. Question is, how much salt? So the, so some postkin say the salt has to give some taste to it, not just a few grains of salt. Ramosha Sternbach 
said that it has to be either one from 1.5 to 2 percent of the mixture, right? So I guess it's not bottle; it won't be bottle. And Rabelsky said it has to have some kind of an effect, not just for a few grains of salt in this big bucket of uh, of raw of raw eggs. The um, <clears throat> So this is, this is something, so people make egg salad, let's say, before Shabbos, right? And they add mayonnaise, or they add onions to it. So, the, um, so these postmen would say there is, no, there is no sakona, because it's not the eggs by them, the eggs by themselves. The, um, uh, so powdered, powdered eggs was a very, very big shayla. They're made commercially. The powdered eggs are made commercially and they're put in buckets and left overnight. And there were some postgame, the Beis Shlomo said, Bidiyevit, you can't use it because of, because of Sakona. The Klosenberger Rebbe said, Bidiyevit, you can't use powdered eggs. So the Klosenberger Rebbe, his bakeries that follow his plaque, they don't buy powdered, powdered eggs. They, they use eggs which are, I guess, they, uh, they don't, eggs which were not left peeled overnight. But there are starting to be makele, I, I want to mention just two um, two studying, two um, ways, two approaches to be makele on the on the powdered eggs. Rabovadi Yosef says, you know, it's very bakeries use the powdered eggs. He quotes a Hartzi. Hartzi was makele <clears throat> because the powdered eggs are not edible. They're dried out. And so he said if it's not edible, Hartzi Said that not edible, so then there is no there is no sakona. There is no sakona. That's a, that's a, and Rebbe, and Rebbe Vadi Yosef relies on that. And then there's the famous tshuva of Ramosha, which many many hashvachos rely on. Ramosha wrote the tshuva specifically about the commercially produced eggs and onions. You know, today you go buy diced onions, right? That's that's produced. In a factory, it's peeled onions that are left over. That are left overnight. So Ramosha discusses though frozen eggs, but the same will apply to powdered eggs and to to the diced onions. And um, and Ramosha Paskin the following. Ramosha said <clears throat> the Gemara is talking about a case where a person peeled eggs or onions or garlic at a meal that he was planning to eat, and he had leftover. It was left over, so he leaves it. He leaves it overnight. That's a sakana, the Gemara says. But Ramesha says it's dafka in that type of a case, because this is this is a chiddush. This is not something that we really understand. And but Chazal said, Chazal said that there is a sakana. So Ramesha said, "Ein luchabo el You only have a right to say there's a sakana under the circumstances that Chazal said there's a sakana. So that's when a person, when a person has leftover eggs or onions, right, that are peeled and leaves it overnight, then we say there's a sakon. But if the peeling is done in a commercial way, days in advance, and especially if it's, if it's frozen, that's okay, because it's not exactly the case that's mentioned in the Gemara. So that's why industrial produced eggs that are going to be used days later, it's not, it's not used that for the next day, it's used, it's produced to be used days later, and um, that will not be a problem. And that was Ramesh's psaq. Uh, I, obviously, the Klosenberger Rebbe did not agree with that, 
But that was Ramesh's Pshak, and that's the way the OU holds, and I think many, many of the other national Hashkokas rely on Ramesh's, on Ramesh's Pshak. And therefore, when you buy a jar of, of onion powder or garlic powder, right, it's delish, onion powder or garlic powder that we use, right? This, is, this has been, right, it's been in the jar for many, many nights, right? But the, uh, we rely on Ramesh that it was produced commercially, not to be used that day and just being left over, but to be used, it's produced in advance, days in advance, and therefore, according to Ramesh, it would be Mutta, the Hartsi would also be Makel and say, and say that is Mutta. Just, I just want to end off with um, this interesting phenomenon that is based on this, this Shaila. Um, many people like to eat um, eggs mit ayur, eggs mit, mit onions. Tzibble. What? Tzibble. On Shabbos, right? It's a, it's, a Shabbos, it's a Shabbos food, right? Eggs and onions, right? So when do you make it? You make it on Shabbos or do you make it before Shabbos? So, Shabbos. what? Theoretically, it should be done on Shabbos. So the, um, so, uh, to make it on Shabbos, right? They, they make it on Shabbos. Why? Because if you're going to make it before Shabbos, so then you have the problem you have the problem of you have eggs that are left overnight on peel, peeled, peeled eggs left overnight, and onions peeled that are left overnight. And apparently they didn't hold from the fact that they're mixed together and you put some mayonnaise in them, you put something else. So, the, uh, so therefore, Hasidim make it on Shabbos, even though when you're making it on Shabbos, you can run into a lot of problems. Mitzad, Mitzad Molocha, you can run into problems of Borer, of possibly Toichen, Lush and um, but they're careful about that and they're makri to make it dafka dafka on Shabbos. Whereas the Chazanish said and many Litvisha many um, make it before Shabbos because they're concerned about the malachis that you could that you could be transgressing and uh, so therefore better to make it the Chazanish was said better to make it erev Shabbos. And especially since it's mixed with other foods also. You put some mayonnaise or some oil in there. And uh, so then you, you have those postings to rely on that there is no, no sakon. So this, this question about the peeled eggs and onions, right, leads to an afkamina that, and that's based on this, that's based on this halacha, an afkamina concerning our foods on, our foods on Shabbos. Any questions? Yes. Uh, worship sauce. It's uh, we say bottle, even though they put it in their dafka for the tam. Um, so one of the ingredients they want to they want a dafka for the tam of the fish. Still bottle. It somehow it affects the taste, but it's not. It's bottle. Bottle b'shishim. Bottle b'shishim. What? What does it mean that they? I think they put OU fish. What? Uh, the worship sauce. I think they write OU fish. They write, now they write, oh, you fish? I guess because there were those who were makbid. There were those who followed the Klosenberger and, uh, and those postkim who hold that it's not bottle bishishim, they want people to know that there is fish in there. But um, years ago, they didn't have fish. They didn't put fish on it. But the, uh, there's also something, uh, marshmallows. They make from, there are marshmallows that they make from fish gelatin. Fish gelatin. Now I don't know if they put OU fish on their 
because usually you're not eating marshmallows together with your with your hamburger or your hot dog. Um, but you don't want the marshmallows to taste the fish. What? You don't want the marshmallows to taste the fish. To taste fishy. Fish. It, it's it's. Uh, I don't think it tastes fishy. <laughs> I don't think so. Yes. <clears throat> I've seen packaged hard-boiled eggs in, in packages um, on the cold shelf, maybe a Joe's with Hashtaka, I think it's PLU. And I always wonder about that. How can you, because it just sits there and it's, it's peeled? It's peeled. Okay. They're peeled. Peeled. And also, I've seen kosher markets on the Hashtaka um, garlic in pre peeled garlic yeah, peel, peel. in. I imagine they put some salt on it. They put the, that they they use some salt. I don't know how much salt they put on it, but the I imagine you know like we do when we the buckets of eggs that you're you're shelling the eggs the night before you add some salt, and that's a shayla. How much salt to add? But I imagine they're doing that. That's part of the that's part of the hashvacha. If there is a, a reliable hashvacha, so then they should be doing something like that. Yes. It sounds like it's all a spiritual. No, no, it's not. It's not just spiritual. The, the postkim say there's there's some kind of physical effect so from this. Sakona doesn't fish, mean. Then, right, you just have a piece of schnapp, a little bit of schnapp, and then you eat. It's not like it That's enough. That, that's enough to uh, to make that separation. But it's not. It's not spiritual. The postkim talk about some, when they talk about sakona, they're talking about there's a physical effect. We don't know what it is. We have no idea. But you know, there are so many illnesses in the world today that we don't know the cause of those illnesses. Right? There always were illnesses. What? There were always illnesses. Yeah, so, so maybe some of them, maybe some of them are caused by, by certain things that we eat, right? What Diet. Fish and uh, milk. What? Fish and milk is, I'm not, I didn't talk about that, but there, there are Spardim, many Spardim who were mahbid on not to have fish and milk or fish and cheese. Based on a girsa in the Beis Yosef, that uh, fish and milk is similar to um, to fish and meat, and the Dark Gemara says we never saw anything like that. Gemara doesn't talk about that. So there are there are some Svardim who are machbid in general by Ashkenazim, right? We're not machbid on that. We have uh, by Abris here. What do you have? You have bagels and lox and cream cheese, right? And uh, so. The, uh, but but there are it's a big big machlokes even among the svarim whether to be machbid on, on fish and milk. I think Rabbi says to be machbid on fish and cheese, fish and milk, but not fish and butter. Not the fish and butter. Yeah, not fish and butter. Yeah. I don't know why, but uh, that's what he said. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I, I, the um, the reason the reason for not having for not having water is um, I think the the Shoyim Baloka brings down the tosis and money cotton not to drink water after fish because water after fish is a sakon and then also timing alpi sod alpi kabon but I, I don't think the the velt is mafid on that. No, they, 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 many people have so I drink soda in between. I bring soda in between, and uh, but but there were many people who use it. You know, they want to drink schnapps. It's a good opportunity. You have a uh, you know, and that certainly is going to wipe out any effect of the fish by drinking the schnapps. Yes. Is the, is the, uh, 
They're very, I think they're very mocked on the on the grills, on the on the barbecues. But they'll make them have separate kalim for cooking the, the fish and meat. I don't think so. They're supposed to. They're supposed to. Absolutely. By the they should have separate oil, right? A separate oil that you're using for flashics and and for uh, French fries, separate oil. And also the grill. That if they want to use fish on the grill, it has to be has to be clean. They are not be done. So they should wash out very well the restaurants. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Yes. Uh, Rob said onion, <coughs> onions that were cooked in a fleshy pot should not be eaten with fish. According to Dr. Chuva, yeah. I don't think that's the minhog. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think people are either they're. Um, you know, there are sheetists that disagree with that, and they say it's still it's coming from the taste that's absorbed in the walls of the pot, and there's no sakona even by onions, or uh, I'm sure there are many people who don't even realize this. People, does. but I don't think I don't think that's the minog. I told this to somebody um, a few months ago, and they were in shock that uh, you know, in other words, an onion that's cut with a fleshik and knife. You can't eat that onion uh, together with uh, together with fish. You can't cook it together with fish. But that is the um, that that is the darkei tshuva. L'chatchila, I would say, to be makpid on that. I would say to be makpid on that. It's worse than having cooking fish in that pot. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, because it's hard. it's hard. So it pulls out a very, very strong taste. That's why. That's why by an onion, there's no din of napanat, right? There's dover chorif. There's no din of napanat because it pulls out so much taste because of the duch with the sakina and the fact that it's a dover chorif. Yes. You kugel together. Right, right. So that's already. That kugel doesn't have liquid in it. Fish doesn't have. Assuming the fish doesn't have liquid, what you're roasting it. What? It has liquid. So then, if you're gonna, if you're going to have enough liquid to create a steam, a zayah, that zayah is going to go into the kugel, right? This kugel now will become fleshic, fleshic, and then you cannot that kugel. Um, no, it's fish. I mean, the kugel now will have be fishy, right? Will be fishy. And then you can't eat that kugel together with meat. What? If it's reicha, so b'diyevet we say reicha. We pass him like the like the shach. Reicha is okay. What? Chachila, chachila better not. Yeah, but uh, but b'diyevet it's okay. But but if it's a zayat, if it's a steam, steam is like the the it's like the the, the fish itself. It's if there's a steam, it has the taste of it in. in uh, you mix egg and onion together, just egg and onion. That's right. Each one has the same product. Right. Right. So they cancel each other I don't think they cancel each other out. No. If it's just that if you if you put in some mayonnaise or some oil, that's a uh, that's a uh, um, something else. So that cancels the succumb. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, you mean? Uh, could be, yeah, yeah, could be. That it's commercial. You're right, you're right. 
that, that it could be there with light information. If it's, it's packaged, it's packaged, and it's, it's commercial, there's light on the That's right. I don't know if they put in if they put in something. Yeah. But that's you have remission. They many most of the hashkochas in America rely on remission. Not the chasidisha hashkochas, but the uh, the major national hashkochas rely on remission. Okay, one last question. Yes. So I've, I've seen um, people or heard people say that they're very consistent. That you have to have both of something solid and something liquid. Between the fish and the, um, the um, is there anything to that? There is a um, the Mechaber says you should have you should have both. Mechaber says you should have both. The Ramah says Ramah says Yeshlecho Dovo Beneim Velishtans. The Ramah also says best to have some chala and also to drink. But the Chachmas Adam says. Masodim said it's enough just to drink, and that he says is the minhok. Right? Some people do eat, eat some challah in between. But the the we follow in general the Chokmasodim on this, as long as you're drinking in between. That's that's sufficient. So you have the machaber is very machir. You gotta wash your hands and you gotta eat and you gotta wash out your mouth, right? Almost like brush your teeth. Um, and the or at least swirl swirl the, the liquid in your mouth to wash your and the and the, the Ramah says some bread and some and some liquid and the Chafazad says liquid is a liquid is enough. Just drink some. Okay, everyone should have a aksiva uh, v'chasima taiva, and we should have a year free of any kind of sakona for ourselves and for Klal Yisrael. I really like this year. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.